Sometimes you choose courage, and at other times it's forced upon you. Courage Unraveled is a podcast series where you get to listen to insights, discussions, conversations, and stories from people from all walks of life. You'll be served with dollops of courage, resilience, and strength here. So come along and be educated and inspired. You just may find new ways to flex your own courage muscle. My name is Sana Turnock, and I'm your host. A lot of authors write books based on direct experience. For author and coach Sheriana Boyle, she was not expecting to take a deep dive into why her perfect marriage fell apart so quickly while undertaking research on her up-and-coming book, Mantras Made Easy. Betrayal is tough in any relationship, and while in the thick of her own despair, Sheriana uses her marriage breakdown to do her own emotional decluttering. She turned this into a book too, Emotional Detox. After that, another book called Emotional Detox for Anxiety followed. We are given a window of opportunity to peer into Sheriana's life and her growth, and dare I say, into our own. It's a real privilege to be able to share these inspiring podcasts of courage with you. The work undertaken takes many hours to put together and is self-funded. Become a Courage Unraveled patron on Patreon and not only will you be supporting the podcast, you will also be helping yourself by investing in your own courage. Get access to pre-release episodes and patron-only specials. It's easy being a patron and the first tiers are less than two coffees per month. Cultivate and flex your courage muscle by signing up for a one-to-one Grow Into My Courage program and grab your very own journal. You grow your courage muscle by activating it. Listen to the podcasts, grab yourself the Courage Journal, sign up to the Grow Into My Courage program and become a patron. After this episode, head over to courageunravel.com. It's all happening there. Grow into your courage today. Hello, Sheriana, and welcome to Courage Unraveled. Thanks so much. Hi. Today, listeners, we have Sheriana Boyle joining us. Sheriana is the author of a number of books. Your latest ones are Emotional Detox for Anxiety and the core book, Emotional Detox. You're also a coach and you run classes on the area of emotional detox. Is that right? That's correct. Great. While you're undertaking research into an earlier book you're writing called Mantras Made Easy, it became the catalyst for your own emotional detox, but also the book Emotional Detox. Can you please explain how that came about? Sure. Like you said, I was writing a book called Mantras Made Easy. And whenever I write a book, I get really heavily involved in my subject matter. So I decided I was going to do a mantra practice, but I actually had about three mantras going. And some of them were in Sanskrit, which some people are more familiar with that. Mantras can also be in the English language. And so I had a mantra going for my marriage. And it was really a statement that I would repeat. And when you have a solid mantra practice, it's for 90 days. You say it 180 times in a row. So I would walk my dog and I had, like I said, three mantras and one being for my marriage. And one of the things that I was asking for was really just to have a marriage that was was spiritually, emotionally, and physically connected. And so I did that practice for 90 days. I finished the book. It published in about June. And then 
an idea popped in my head, emotional detox. And I thought, I'm going to write about emotional detox. So I do all this research around it. And then I present it to the publisher and they're like, oh, that looks good, but you need to do more. I did more, went back again. And they said, okay, you've got something worth writing about now. I was all excited, happy. Wow, this is great. And then literally about five weeks later, my marriage fell apart. Absolutely mm-hmm. fell apart. And I thought, oh my gosh, this is devastating. And it was actually in crisis. What you don't know is one of my mantras was about truth, asking for truth. So it fell apart. The truth came out. And now I'm in crisis. So I decide that I can't write it. I'm like, I can't write a book. <laughs> I'm a mess. Who am I to write a book? Right. So I let the publisher know, and they were very kind and said, just when you can and when you're ready. And that really became my own journey of not just writing about emotional detox, but actually kind of discovering an emotional detox through my own trauma, through my own crisis. And that's where the cleanse, which is featured in emotional detox and emotional detox for anxiety the method, the formula, the process. That's where it came from. How long ago did that happen? That was in 2016. So one was about marriage, the other one was about truth. What was the third mantra? I had a Sanskrit one going about, I'm pretty sure it was universal love, divine love, something of that nature. It was shorter. Isn't it interesting how they kind of all tied in together and really you you got the opportunity to really work through that. You you got what you asked for. I did. It's amazing how this works. When your intention is really pure and you're wanting to move forward in that Mm -hmm. way, you were challenged. You were incredibly challenged. What was it like when you found out? Oh, I mean, it was... You know, it was, it was obviously I already knew because you don't really look for things unless you intuitively already know. So I, I was already kind of snooping around. What brings you to that point? It's a feeling inside. It's a gut. It's something inside you tells you, look at this, do this, check this out. And so I was in that space. It was right the day after my anniversary. So, I mean, on the outside, I had a dozen roses on my table. You would have thought, oh, what a lovely marriage. Isn't that so nice? If you walked into my house, you would have never known that that was going on inside of me or my husband. I think he was still playing that part as well. So I think I knew for a long time. It's just a matter of getting enough energy. And that's what mantras do. And the cleanse, which is... Part of the emotional detox, the seven steps, has a mantra in it. Mm. So it's kind of interesting because it's almost like those seven steps are the seven books I wrote. Yeah, emotional detox is the seventh book. But before that, I wrote like the four gifts of anxiety, which is all about energy, which is all about transformation. I don't think I could have wrote Emotional Detox had I not written those other books. And I don't think I could have been prepared for what yeah. I dealt with had I not written those other books as well. Emotional Detox for Anxiety. That's an interesting title in itself. What made you join those two together in the same sentence? I, I can't even believe I wrote that book after. 
it really came from people asking, how do I apply this to anxiety? What do I do? And I realized I can't answer that and have it be based on old beliefs about anxiety. So Emotional Detox, the core book, what it's based on and what really helped me in my journey of going through everything was all emotions are good so long as they're processed. And that was kind of my mantra. And it still is. All emotions are good so long as they're processed. Emotional detox for anxiety, I had to sort of redefine that. And the way I define anxiety is an emotion attempting or emotions attempting to be processed, but can't because we won't let them because we work so hard at avoiding, labeling, judging, all of that stuff, blaming, working, keeping busy, all of those behaviors and attitudes, beliefs, like if I stop, if I don't do this, nobody else is going to do it. That kind of mindset suppresses your emotions. And as a result, when you push emotions down, you're going to get anxiety. You're going to get tension, I'll call it. When you push things down, then what can happen is your thoughts will increase. So if you wanted to just generally define anxiety, it's usually accelerated thinking chronic thinking. So I think everybody can kind of realize that the thinking, the ruminating, the worrying, and the way that I see it now after writing Emotional Detox for Anxiety is it's just your body's way of letting you know, hey, hello, you've got some emotions here that are looking to be seen, heard, and validated and processed. And once you make that distinction that it's not my thoughts that are the problem. It's the way that I'm interpreting. It's the way that I'm reading them. And many of the thoughts, if they're fearful in nature or they're distracting you from the present moment or you're not breathing or whatnot, then you're probably in a trigger. And a trigger is a sign that of some emotions in your body. It's usually memory. So the reality is what happened to me wasn't just about the moment. It was about emotions that I had buried for a really long time in many, many relationships and areas of my life. And it just happened to really surface in this one. What you were describing there, I could really relate to, you know, how people and we, me, suppress emotions over the time. But what I've learned to do when those thoughts start speeding up in the mind, if I don't meditate, I've noticed my mind needs spaciousness. Even if it's five minutes to sit down and say, okay, I don't have an hour to sit with you, but I'm acknowledging you right now. I know that you want to tell me some things and it's okay. You're being validated. So you're not suppressing mm. the emotion. Right. Or you're, you're saying, I know you're there and it's okay. Thank mm-hmm. you for letting me know. And Mm -hmm. it's taken a long time for me to get to that point, but it does work. I I do find it is important to meditate. And if people struggle to meditate, then to at least give themselves time to sit. And even if it's just to empty the mind, just stop. That's right. And some people are afraid to stop. Yeah, because sometimes the thoughts accelerate when they stop and they don't have the skills yeah. You, you have a, you have something which is helpful and you're consistent and that's important too. It's a practice. And, and like you said, it doesn't have to be very long. It can be five minutes and you can really shift it and really develop a new relationship. So it's a respectful relationship. It is kind of like people, you know, if they show up and you're like, uh, no, 
<laughs> yeah. So if you had a friend, like I said, visiting and you were constantly shooing them away, that's what we do to our emotions. And so what you're saying when you meditate, you're saying, hey, come on in. <laughs> you know, you're allowed to be here. I'm, I'm happy to see you. And I have a few minutes to be with you. It's just like you would a person. It's it's no different than with your emotions and giving them a chance to be seen, heard, and validated. And really what meditation does is it gives you breath and oxygen. And we need oxygen to process our emotions for sure. Yeah, absolutely. And I think also you create a newfound relationship of respect with yourself, which I think is really an important one. So thanks for bringing all that up. What, what you've been talking about has been really important. Most people can relate to having some level of anxiety, at least mm. at some point in their life. I, I think it's really quite extraordinary that the timing of your book and what you ended up going through really made for an authentic experience. And I guess it gave you definitely the opportunity to write from the heart, right, rather than just mm. intellectually. What did you do to assist with your own emotional detox during this time? Well, it's interesting because I, I'm always helping everybody else. So it, it was different because I didn't have a therapist or a coach or anyone I would see. So I kind of was like, what do I do? <laughs> I know I need help. I went to a couple different therapists and my husband and I did together. And some of them, quite frankly, didn't feel right. And it wasn't that they weren't good. I had so much information in my mind about emotions and what they were. And I just, I wasn't a very good client for some of them. You know, I just wasn't the right fit. Finally, we we found someone that felt a little bit more at home and spent about six months with that person. And then one day we were going to the session and in progress and for whatever reason, she got distracted. Something went off and she had to attend to it. And in that moment of quiet, which you talk about meditation, when you're quiet and you're not chit-chatting, you're not filling the space or thinking about what you're going to say next, in that moment of just sitting there, I heard a very strong voice in my head. I'd heard things before in the past, but it basically said, don't answer the question. <laughs> and... I was like, oh, okay. So we left therapy and I'll never forget it. We were walking to the car and I looked at him and I said, I'm not going back. And he said, what? <laughs> what do you mean? I think he thought he had like a life sentence, you know? <laughs> <laughs> And I said, you can go back if you want to, if you want to continue. But this is my last time. And it was my last time. I went home and I sat and like you'd talk about in meditation. I just said, okay, what, what was that? What was that about? What do you mean by that? And it was really just an exploration. I'm curious about that. Tell me more kind of thing. And that's when the cleanse really started to channel through. And I think the difference, so that's the steps, the seven steps in the acronym of cleanse of an emotional detox. I think what's different for me, and I love meditation as well, and the emotional detox, it teaches me how I've been suppressing emotions, the reactions. And I get a lot of insight and information about myself and other people. It's kind of interesting. It was just a process of going inward. And that's how it all started to flesh out and play with it and struggle with it and wrestle with it. But eventually the cleanse, the steps build upon each other. It's not just seven loose things, tools. I found in an emotional detox, I needed like a framework. People tell you, do this, try this, go to acupuncture, go to yoga, do this breath, do this pose, take this drink. And I just realized in that moment, none that was almost 
overwhelming to hear Mm -hmm. those things. And it was almost made it worse. (laughs) Quite frankly, you're like, you have no idea what I'm going through. It almost feels like you're being judged. You know, when people kind of, I tried this, you should try that, you know, and I learned a lot from that. I learned a lot about how to treat people and how to support people. And so every morning, just like you do your meditation, I do my cleanse. And then very often it brings me into a meditation. Sometimes it doesn't. Sometimes it's just a way for me to acknowledge something's coming up and then understanding, okay, once I process that, what's trying to come through me? What's looking to be developed and what qualities? I get a lot of insight from the process for sure. Something you just touched on there is that it comes through you. Mm. I think that's what it's about. You know, I I always believe that information does come through us. It doesn't come to us. Mm. You know, we, we are, for whatever reason, the vessel of that piece of information or that bit of insight in that moment and then whatever we choose to do with it. Sometimes we can do lots of things with that that's come through and sometimes we can't do anything. Maybe it's not there to be developed until much later. We don't know why we were given the information, but it'll pop up. Aha, uh-huh, now I know why I had that thought. <laughs> That's you right. Know, so it's not for immediate use. But let me backtrack a bit. What kind of feelings actually came up for you during this time? You know, like, did you have any like one word emotions that came up? I don't want to put words in your <laughs> mouth, but do, do, you know, do you understand that question? I do. Honestly, it was dealing with the triggers more so. Recognizing, because I think what can happen is we call a trigger an emotion and I'm saying they're not emotions. And so honestly, one of the mantras I adopted, what, what emotional detox is based on, is I really believe there's only one emotion and that's love. Everything else is a reaction. That means guilt is a reaction, shame is a reaction, embarrassment is a reaction. What I mean by reaction is the way we try to make the uncomfortable comfortable. And we short circuit the feelings, the emotion. We we almost cut it off so it doesn't get to complete its cycle. So I think for me, it was a more or less recognizing I'm in a trigger and I have a choice here, right? I can continue to follow those thoughts and play that narrative out, which is probably going to take me to the future or review the past. Or I can say, I acknowledge you, but I am choosing to heal and just constantly coming back to the present moment, to the present moment, to the present moment. And that first step of the cleanse is actually bringing you to your body, bring into your present moment, and then acknowledge the emotion that's showing up. I'll use my husband or one of my kids as an example. When they made that remark or when they use that tone of voice, it made me feel. And then there's where you insert the breath. That's it. You don't go into it. That's the second step of the cleanse. And then you might have a little bit more digging in there, right? Mm. When you start to go through that process, what it is, is you're going through a journey of memory because Mm. the reality is my body remembers something. That's why it hurts. That's why there's such a intensity behind it is because I've gone through this before and had similar emotions. So yeah. I tend to call that a cellular memory. Yes. That makes sense for me. Have you actually created an audio for this? I have a lot of yoga audios where I'm teaching the process of an emotional detox as we're moving through our body. I have meditations that I've recorded where I take people through the steps for sure. And that's great because it just makes so much sense. Sometimes to read what we have been talking about makes it more difficult than if they just heard your voice. And just as you've been mm-hmm. explaining it to me, 
Yeah. I think that really sets someone up perhaps in a much better way when they're sitting in that space and just listening to your voice guide them through it. What about your husband? You created your own detox. Did he do that with you or did he have his own way? I have cleansed with him. He understands the cleanse. I think that's the most important thing. He knows how to process an emotion. He knows what that looks like. He'll ask me, will you cleanse with me on this? He doesn't do it as a regular practice like I do. But I think the fact that he understands now, okay, that was a reaction. Let's process this. And we really do a lot as parents together because I think so much happens when you're raising children and you tend to go at each other or feel like one person's doing more than the other and all sorts of stuff comes up. And at the end of the day, if you really peel it apart and you really sit with it, you know, what's it like, you know, when I see my child upset? it makes me feel, or when they said that to me, or when they gave me that look, it makes me feel. And just really breathing and going through that process and allowing it to come up. So yeah, he's an amazing man, really. He's my inspiration now, you know, and he's shifted so much. It's funny, the other day he said to me, look at this picture. I had so much more hair. (laughs) (laughs) And look at much hair. It's so not fair. I had all that hair. And I was like, "Uh, I'll take this guy over that guy any day. The man you are today, the growth and who you are, it doesn't even stand a chance. I see that person. I see just a very hurt person, someone who just was caring a lot. And so much of this is from childhood. Wouldn't you agree? Oh, absolutely. So there's, I mean, you carry, <laughs> you, you carry a certain amount, but then you also carry that of your parents and then you carry the burdens of your culture and your ancestry. Oh my God, full on. It's interesting because you chose to forgive your husband. Mm. That's incredibly courageous. And you both chose to stay in the marriage. Yes. Not only is it courageous, but it's also the derivatives of that. You know, it's about strength and mm. and also highlights commitment. So yeah. what do both of you do to maintain that connection now after trust has actually been tested? Honestly, for me, it's the cleanse is what I do is I process. Just the other day, I'll give you an example. We were eating something together, the table, and I said something. I can't remember what it was right now, but I was able to pause enough and because I'm so in tune to the way I feel because when you're in a trigger and when you're not in a trigger, you get really good at recognizing okay, that was a trigger. I responded from something. I just said to him, you know, how did that land on you? Did that land like a jab? And he said, it didn't actually, but thank you so much for being aware that it could have landed like that. Honestly, we don't do that much different. We just take care of our own emotions now. It's not like we even, I know people tell you go on dates and this. Well, first of all, it's COVID. So I I don't know how much dating has been going on in the world right in the last year, but we do a lot of checking in with ourselves and we apologize a lot. I mean, if he apologizes, he acknowledges and he's extremely aware of sensitive to what I feel as well as his feelings. I think it's when you deepen that awareness, you become more compassionate and you really appreciate each other. He really appreciates 
the way I hung in there for him. When you choose these roads, it would be a lot easier to leave, to be honest with you. (laughs) And I know for some people, for sure, that's the right decision. But I had to live with my triggers. It was a couple years that it really took to rebuild. And the priority is trust and transparency and open and honest. I had to look at the way I wasn't being honest. Maybe it wasn't the same way, but little things like hiding Oh, I, oh, he won't know. I, I just spent money on this or, oh, he won't know that kind of thing. It was for sure. There were both of us had a lot of things that we needed to tune into and explore. Mm. From what you're describing, it sounds like you needed to get into a deeper awareness of yourself. So the relationship with yourself. Mm. Um, and when you got to understand that, then you were able to communicate better with each other. And also both of you were prepared to do it. I think that makes all the difference. Mm. There's only one of you that's going to make it pretty hard. Yes. Um, and, also, yeah, and, and it sounds like because you're both willing to do it, then your level of communication deepened through your honesty. That's what's coming through with how you're describing it all. Yeah. Your book, Emotional Detox, was published by Simon & Schuster. That's mm-hmm. pretty awesome because that's a big publishing house. How did you get their attention? I was with them before with the other books. I had written, I'm pretty sure Mantras Made Easy. I was with a smaller company, to be honest with you, and it was a very good company. And they were bought out by Simon & Schuster. So I already had relationships now that sort of open that doorway up. It's very interesting when you get in the big publishing houses though, because there's a lot of little companies within the big company and sometimes they even compete with each other. You think they're all connected and sometimes they're not very often. So that door kind of happened. The people I was working with were going to the bigger companies. So I was just still pitching to the same people. And now I'm with Simon & Schuster. It wasn't like I started from scratch. And now I have a new book coming out in October 221. I have Emotional Detox Now, which is actually with a new publisher. Now I'm with Macmillan and that's common as well. I have an agent and then you see who wants it kind of thing. But yeah, Simon Schuster's was really, really exciting to get picked up by them. Well done. That's kudos to you. How do you believe that emotional detox and emotional detox for anxiety Mm -hmm. relate to courage and its derivatives of strength and resilience? When you process an emotion such as fear or shame or guilt, you start to process trauma. And I think a lot of us have trauma. And I define trauma as scared stiff. Anytime in your life that you were frozen, you felt like you couldn't speak or you didn't know what to do, you didn't know what to say, or maybe you, you that fight, flight, freeze response, right? That's like a trauma response. Once you really start to allow yourself to feel traumas, that fight or flight was how you reacted or freeze, but there were emotions there and you start to feel them and explore them, then they transform to courage. One of the things that happens is as you process, new people come into your life and some people leave your life. And just like I asked for truth with my marriage and, you know, it it kind of collapsed. Well, it did collapse before it got where it is today. Sometimes things do get a little worse. You think they're worse, but it's really a breakthrough. And, mm-hmm. and the courage comes from being open to that idea that I could look at this as a meltdown or I could look at this as, okay, this is everything I always wanted. It's just going to get ugly. It's going to get messy for a while and you're going to have tears and your makeup's going to run and snot's going to drip down your face. And you're going to look in the mirror and say, what the heck? But you know, at the other side of that is 
is courage. I know that I could be okay either way. And I think that's ideal to be with someone because you choose it, not because you're so afraid to be alone. And I think that comes from emotional processing when you really realize, okay, I'm choosing to be in this relationship. It's not because I'm afraid of what could happen if I'm not in this relationship. There's a big difference there. Absolutely. One of the questions I ask people is, what does courage mean to you? But you have already explained it in just what you said just then. Mm -hmm. So I won't ask you again. But you have mentioned that your husband is Mm. someone that you actually find courageous. Yes. In In what way is he courageous? I've seen him have to witness people's pain. And I think that's very difficult. I think sometimes it's more difficult to witness what happened because of your choices. I think the courage I saw was the way he was patient with his children's healing. I have three daughters and it was very difficult for the older ones. And I think he was willing to wait for the rest of his life. I think he just said, if I have to wait the rest of my life, that's what I'll have to do. But I'm not going anywhere. Okay. You know, he took the heat for a little bit and I admire how he handled all of that with his children for sure. And by observing that, has that influenced you in any way in your life? Oh, sure. I mean, it's probably provided me with a ton of healing. I mean, as far as what I witnessed in my growing up is people didn't stick around and they didn't move through. In many ways, watching him gave me something I never had. I didn't even know what it was like to have a connection, to have someone work through something like that with you. It was really a gift in the end. I know what that's like and I know what's possible. He's just a regular guy. It's not like other people can't have that as well. They can do that. But I think Again, it's a choice and a big part of that choice is going to be you have to focus on your own emotions and not try to fix theirs and make theirs go away or protect them from feeling. Get comfortable within yourself so you can do that, so you can witness other people and not go in and rescue and, oh, it's fine or it's okay or, oh, you don't have to say sorry. You know, let them say sorry. I always say that. Let people apologize. It's very healing not just for you, but for them. Well, definitely if they mean it. You know, sometimes, you know. Oh, yeah. You say you're sorry, but you're not really sorry, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In our conversation today, there's, there's so much to my mind that the words that you selected really highlight to me that you have courage, your strength has come through and you've really been challenged by that and you've walked through your own hallway of fear, you know. This is my final question to you. Are you courageous? Yes. Yay, I'm glad you said that. (laughs) I'm so glad you said that. Oh, yeah. I'm just getting started. Isn't it amazing? Like when you start to be aware of that word and just the power it has Mm. and just what that means when you work through problems and the strength that comes from empowerment and the self-esteem and confidence to keep going, it's really amazing. It is. And it could be the smallest things. It doesn't have to be going through something huge. I was just talking to somebody today. I was working with someone. All this person needed was they wished that their parent had just turned around. 
So often our kids are upset, right? And we might say, oh, I'm all set with you. I got to go. I'm out of here. I'm done. And they just wanted their parent to turn around and face them. That's it. They learn so much from when people process. This is the insight that comes out. I just wanted them to turn around and face me. That's it. Not to fix Mm -hmm. me, not to change me, not to yell at me, just to look at me. That's it. It's amazing how courage can just be that one little thing. Turn around and look at me. See me. That to me is courage. Absolutely. Thank you so much for being on Courage and Rebel today, Shariana. I have found it to be really insightful. Thanks so much for having me. Pleasure. I love my conversation with Shariana. She has a beautiful way of expressing the importance of an emotional detox and how effective it can be especially if we are able to remain present and become our own best friend. It takes practice and time, but it's worth it, especially if it can improve connection with yourself, your loved ones, and people in general. For more information on Sheriana's books and coaching, visit courageunraveled.com forward slash podcasts, series four, episode 23. Her details are in the show notes. If you love what you hear, please leave a five-star review, take a photo, and email it to me before the end of April 2021. You'll be in the running to win a copy of the Courage Journal. I'm giving away two, in fact. If I can post it to you, then you'll be in the running. Do you want to receive information on news and events? Jump onto courageunravel.com and sign up for the newsletter. It's free. I'm Sana Turnock, your Courage Unraveled host. Until next time.